Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Test Life number 199. Here we are, the 28th of April, 2021. Welcome to the show. We're almost at episode 200. That's next week. So uh, get ready for that. But, uh, we have got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we've got a ton of news. Uh, is not a surprise. Always have news on Tesla every single week. Doesn't matter what week it is. Uh, but we got some extra extra news this week. Yeah. And joining us, as always, we have our panelists. We have uh, Mr. Patrick Connor joining us from the Pacific West area. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, brothers and sisters of the Tesla Nation. Welcome to the Tesla Life, where we strive for a future free from fossil fuels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got it in early. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> also with us, as per usual, we have Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty well. Uh, slight programming note, we did a live stream on Monday on my channel. If you want to see the video there, you can check it out. But what I'm going to do for the podcast listeners is there's going to be a special episode. It's going to be uh, what, 199? 198.1? 198.5. 198.5. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be the podcast version of that stream. So if, you, uh, if you're on the podcast, just go back one, check it out, and then finish up this one as well. <laughs> Sounds like um, a rock and radio yeah. station. 198.5. Right? Yeah. 198.5. <laughs> Tesla Financials. Um, <laughs> did we fill all the slots for um, the guests? We have uh, a couple guests uh, confirmed, right. uh, but we have room for a couple more. So if uh, you out there would like to join us on episode 200 to talk a little Tesla, uh, we would love uh, to have you join us. So please send us a note either in the, uh, the notes section below or send us a note on Twitter uh, or our email address. Uh, we'd love to have you join, especially some of the regulars out there that are with us every week. Uh, this is your chance. Uh, just to join us and uh, talk a little bit uh, about Tesla and uh, how um, uh, what what your life is about uh, according to Tesla, which how you got involved, uh, why you like it, uh, what your what your plans are. So we'd love to hear from you. Yep, and JT twenty four is the first in the chat. Howdy, oh, cool. JT. Hey, JT. How you doing? So with that, we're going to kick this week's episode off with the uh, biggest story, of course, of the week, uh, yes. which was, of course, the earnings call, which happened uh, this past Monday. And uh, we, uh, as Casey mentioned, did a live stream on uh, Casey Green's uh, YouTube channel. You can check that out. But uh, we've got uh, a bunch of information uh, relating to that. Um I think I'll start off with, uh, of course, this is now the seventh consecutive uh, profitable quarter for Tesla. So, uh, again, that's almost approaching two years now of consecutive uh, profitable quarters. They uh, brought in uh, $10.389 billion, with a B, in revenue. And, and that relates to, of <laughs> course, uh, 0 0.93 cents uh, profit uh, per share non-gap. So, uh, fantastic numbers. Uh, again, it's it's surprising, but in a first quarter, uh, which is typically the worst quarter you have of the year in the car business, um, they had an all-time record high across the board. 
This is a 74% year-over-year growth uh, compared to Q1 last year. So uh, comparing quarters, uh, this was a a special quarter for them. Uh, Records across the board, best quarter ever uh, in deliveries, uh, in uh, production, and uh, in a quarter one uh, was something that was very unusual uh, for someone in the car business. But um, as we've said before, Tesla's really not just in the car business, are they? They've got a few other irons in the fire that are a little bit different than other traditional automotive uh, sector incumbents. For sure. With that, uh, what else, guys? What what was uh, what are some of the other things that you guys wanted to touch upon uh, that were announced uh, during the earnings call? The AI company. <laughs> So expand upon upon, uh, autonomous. What what do you think, Aaron? The um, they have so much capability coming online with Dojo that somebody had asked them if they plan to uh, make that available as AI as a service, and Elon didn't rule it out. So that's that's exciting to see what they could do with that. And uh, they went in to explain that that also plays into why he thinks that they don't need radar and. Uh, just the, the sheer power of both onboard on the cars and uh, in the cloud. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That one was a little more uh, uh, longer longer uh, play uh, question, but it was, it was exciting to me. Uh, as well as uh, they mentioned that the uh, the batteries, the 48, the 4860s are not, uh, not really going anywhere yet. 4680s, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so on the uh, dojo topic... The, the, the question I thought was pretty smart in that they compared it to Amazon Web Services. So Amazon didn't start building a data center because they wanted to make a business out of it. They started building a data center because they needed one to run their business and then had this idea, well, you know, we're busy during uh, certain times of the year, but not all the time. And so we have this excess capacity. Maybe we could sell it. And that became, which now is one of the biggest parts of Amazon's business. It might even end up spinning out into its own company. Who knows? Uh, so so Tesla's in a very similar situation. They've had to, they couldn't go buy this off the shelf. It doesn't exist. They've had to build it themselves. And we know that AI training is going to become more and more important going forward for a lot of businesses. Uh, they're going to need to have big data analysis done and uh, AI engines trained to, to get essential core parts of their business done. And if they can uh, rent that from Tesla, run uh, their analysis on it, program their systems with the resulting uh, neural net, and then run that, and then you know do this periodically, uh, that could be a, a great business, especially if Tesla is able to uh, do it a better, faster, cheaper than anybody else. And it, they've, they've had to grow, home grow it. And so, yeah, maybe they can in the future uh, somehow monetize that. The thing that I thought was cool out of it was uh, Model Y expected to be the world's best-selling car of all time, possibly as early as 2022. That seems optimistic, but how many – so what is the best-selling car today? Not, not counting trucks, just uh, passenger vehicles. Well, it's still uh, the F-150. <laughs> yeah, not counting trucks. Is it like a Toyota Camry or something? Uh, how many yeah. of those are sold worldwide? 
Well, we probably want to compare it to like the CRV and the um and the Rav Four. Well, he's just he's just saying for numbers. What kind of numbers would that have to be, uh, in order to be you know the number one selling car in the world? Yeah, JT is saying Camry for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking it up, and it's depending on what year, anywhere from three hundred to almost four hundred thousand sold per year. They're uh, all over it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, think about um, Tesla only made about five hundred thousand cars in 2019 and now they're talking in 2022 making you know 400,000 of just the model y and then you have 100,000 s and x on top of that and a couple hundred thousand threes and who knows how many cyber trucks and how many semis that could uh speaking of x and s exciting yeah speaking of x and s they 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 said that uh they plan to actually produce more of them after it finishes opening back up than they did before it shut down because they were at a steady 2,000 a week for, what, two, three years in a row? And, yep. and now we're, we're talking at 2,000 being the minimum, which is exciting. So they, they also touched a little bit. Uh, we're kind of jumping around, but that they yes. touched a little bit on the S and the X when it comes, to, when it comes to the amount of, uh, I guess, uh, the issues they're having with the delay. They touched a little bit about how the supply chain has been difficult. And they had indicated that, of course, the S would have already been released, uh, which it has not been. Uh, Tesla's storing a number of the cars on site at Fremont as they're working through a few issues. Um, Elon had indicated in the call that uh, he expects the S to be released uh, next month, May. Uh, and uh, the X would follow suit uh, in a, a further month down down the road this year. But there has been an issue, and he wasn't indicating as to exactly what that issue is. Is it is it the chip issue that the world has seen? Is it something mm-hmm. else? Is it a combination of things? Um, he had indicated that they're working through some things, uh, and that has contributed to the delay. Of all the things that he brought up, I'm, I'm wondering if it wasn't a, a multi-combo because you're ramping what is essentially a new car uh, with a mostly existing shell. Uh, I say mostly because they, they turned it into a giga casting as well uh, when they were in there. But uh, it didn't seem like obtaining the chips was the hard part for them once they got the chips, but the fact that they ran different software and different firmware than the existing chips. And so they they had to get them done and then the way that it was put out, it seems like they they feel that they are, are through that now and, and that we should be able to see them, like you said, next month. So hopefully it's not a case of uh, him being optimistic and that that's, you know, very realistic and that we see these cars start to hit the ground. And to Patrick's point, um, Tesla also released a graphic uh, showing that the Model 3 uh, is now the world's uh, I guess highest selling premium vehicle, uh, yeah, electric or not. Yeah. So they compared it, of course, to the uh, the uh, uh, the model. I'm sorry, the uh, BMW three BMW three series and the Audi and um, the uh, Mercedes three. And uh, they uh, looked at those uh, figures, and of course that has shown that Model 3 in about three and a half years 
has completely surpassed the competition and is now reigning number one in that listing. So Patrick's point about the Model Y expected to be the world's best-selling car of all time, possibly in 2022, um, if not 2023, um, <laughs> very achievable. Uh, the, mo the Model 3, what it's done in its short time, uh, and now seeing that the Model Y is even selling more than the Model 3 in a number of markets, including California, and, uh, and, and with, very with possible. This remember the model y only comes from fremont right now so you've got three gigafactory class uh, lines about to open up worldwide on model y alone this is gonna this is gonna be something else this year yeah open a can of whoop ass on the market right there <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so yeah mark you mentioned how q1 is usually seasonally low and and mm -hmm. for tesla have that be their best quarter ever in, in some metrics it is impressive but you also have to add on top of that the chip shortage, which you just mentioned. That meant that they had to expedite some parts from their uh, suppliers. And when you do that, you you pay them extra money to, to uh, stand up new lines, to, uh, to fast ship things. So while they're doing all this um, hot lots and expediting, they're, so they're paying more, yet they're still coming out profitable. And yeah. all this while, you know, the pandemic's not exactly over. So, right. so all these things that were trying, you know, um, hindrances, slowing them down, they still pushed through and kicked ass. That's just amazing. Uh, there's another option is that they could uh, just put their contracts uh, a little longer than, than typical and, and make their orders a little bigger than typical as well uh, to help soften the blow of that uh, on-demand fee. <laughs> mm. And, and but, that's uh, interesting too that you mentioned that, Patrick, because the uh, uh, Tesla had indicated in this earnings call that the gross margin of their cars have increased. So yep. they've been able to reduce costs in the building of those vehicles uh, on top of everything. Um, so you're right, they might have been paying a little bit more to maybe ship and get things uh, to different factories at different times. But overall, uh, they're able to get the cost down and get some more efficiencies on the builds of these cars uh, so that the profit is growing on each of these uh, sales as well. Right. And then you mentioned supplies again. Uh, they put in an order for as many batteries as their suppliers could possibly put out. Uh, somebody was complaining, oh, yeah, see, the, the demand is dropping, blah, blah, blah. But they put in a 100% increase in, 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 in battery orders. <laughs> So, I mean, is that, yeah, the, this, is that the... Is, is this not maybe the third time we've heard this from Elon publicly, where mm -hmm. he has put a call out to all battery manufacturers to produce and sell Tesla as much as they can at a reasonable cost, of course, yeah. that they're willing to buy all of it yeah. because they know, again, they are battery constrained and have been now for over a Ever. year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with the volumes increasing, you know, here on this show, we've 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 guessed that Tesla in 2021 uh, will sell somewhere between 900,000 and 1.1 million, we believe, vehicles mm -hmm. uh, that will be sold in 2021. So that is more than possibly doubling what they did last year. So they need every spare battery they can get. And there's Elon again standing on his soapbox saying. Hey, battery machine, uh, we're not trying to put you out of business. We want to buy whatever you make. Get it to us. 
Are you saying production. that with, with with the existing orders for double the, the the batteries from the existing suppliers? He still wants more. So yeah. I mean, that's not confidence. And that kind of leads into one of the other stories about uh, the earnings call. And uh, we were we we're kind of surprised uh, that there was uh, some talk about the forty six eighty production happening. Of course, in that uh, in that Cato Road. Uh, I guess pilot plant in in Fremont area, yeah. Uh, that is uh, making these 4680s. Elon is not satisfied with, I guess the the makeup of those batteries quite yet because he has not been putting them in cars. He he is not at this point confident to put them in cars. He says they're close, but at this point, he does not want to place them in cars. So. We had discussed many times previous about what were they doing with these batteries being made at the pi- the pilot plant, the 10 you know gigawatt uh, battery plant, the biggest in the world uh, for a pilot plant. <laughs> were they storing them? Were they getting ready to maybe to ship them to Europe uh, for the start of the uh, Model Y in Berlin? Uh, were they saving them for the semi? Were they going to be using them in Texas for the Cybertruck or the Model Y? But apparently, they're not using these at all. They're continuing to, I guess, rework the formula, get it to a, a power you know, threshold that they need to get. So, and, and the timing, of course, was also interesting, where he said that they are still probably 12 to 18 months away. And how does that connect with what's going on uh, with the completion of the plants in Berlin and Texas. That's that's much further out than when those plants are going to be done. So where does that lead us? Well, I did see a blurb from LG today saying that they uh, are producing 4680s. I don't really? know of any other customer who uses those. <laughs> so it's probably the existing chemistry in the bigger can for these for these cars that need it or anything that needs it but would you not think that uh tesla has supplied lg and other groups like panasonic that has agreed to make the 4680 wouldn't you think that the formula would be coming from tesla oh of course because uh, currently the panasonic cells are actually tesla's formula and lg has made uh, cells for the roadster twice and they make stationary uh cells and so LG is definitely a Tesla partner. So yeah. to see them announce that they're making 4680s so, and so to know how, that nobody else is could, using them. How could Tesla give LG a formula that they're not currently happy with internally at their pilot? I, th- I think it's just the size of the can. Because remember, he's got the, the high nickel, the the high iron, and, and then he's got the 2170s and the 18650s and the 4680s. So I think this is just the can size with the one of the existing formulas rather than the new can and the new formula. And, and maybe LG is not doing the tablets or some other things that and that's right. what's holding up Tesla. They want to get that just right. And <laughs> they can build them, sure, but they can't get, uh, they want, you know, 99.98 yield. Uh, they right. don't want to have a lot of, uh, you know, throwaway batteries coming off the line. Yeah, past and, tests, and they certainly want a production amount as well, some sort of a, a volume that they're going yeah. to be expecting. Yeah, because if they're using the existing formula and construction, but in the bigger cell, that could very easily be a Model Y, Model Three uh, piece for uh, well, just Model Y for for you know Berlin and and, and Shanghai. 
Yeah, I've been making the assumption, I don't know if this is true, that the 4680 is what's going into the Cybertruck and the Semi. Um, There's no reason not to suspect that because that's what they've been hinting at us. Like every time they show the new formula and the new cell, it's always uh, underneath a semi and a Cybertruck on the charts. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're high nickel uh, requirement of vehicles, the ones that are going to tow and haul. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that need the uh, the better cooling and all that that come with it. So. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I hope this doesn't mean Cybertruck is delayed. They have to get some Cybertrucks out this year. Otherwise, I'd lose a, a beer bet to Russell. And I don't <laughs> want to have that happen. <laughs> Personally, for me, it just gives me more time to save for my, uh, for my Cybertruck. Because when he moved the, 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 the one I want up, it, uh, uh, it, it overlapped it with the current car. I, I want the current car to be paid off before I start on the new one. But Casey, uh, you we'll spending see. thousands of dollars is far less important than me owing Russell one beer. <laughs> It's your priority street, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we got problems, definitely. We, we got some serious problems to uh, work out here, time-wise. But, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting that the 4680 is, is not at that uh, level yet that Elon's satisfied with it. So it, it, there's a lot of moving pieces. And, of course, with multiple plants about to open, uh, we hope at the end of near the end of this year, um, we, you know, the, there's, there's a number of things that Tesla has to corral, uh, yeah. because of course you don't want a plant being completed and not to start to push out those cars in mass. So, yeah. uh, is there, is there going to be different battery configurations? Is there going to be different battery suppliers? Uh, are we going to have the model Y that has the, the casting front, the casting back, as well as the integrated battery piece that uh, is one solid piece with the batteries um, uh, placed in it. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that was one of the big selling features of the new plant producing the Y. Yeah. And if, if they built the plant for the 4680 cans, uh, I suggested on the, on the, on the Monday call that suggested that they could ship them in from either New York or Nevada with, uh, with the single piece castings just fill containers full of them, but with the 2170s inside, but but just now I'm wondering if they would be compatible with the prismatic cells from uh, from you know the the standard range in China where they've got the prismatic cells they're rectangular not not round could they be cast in place I mean you would need different machines but it might be yeah worth it. I, I wonder how much is really in flux uh, yeah. yeah obviously uh, we're not going to get an answer but uh, with the little nuggets that we get from uh, information that's spread out by Tesla. There seems to be a few holes, but obviously we don't know the complete picture. Yeah. Uh, Hockey Day says, at least you don't owe him a Tesla tequila, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've got one right there, and he can't have any. <laughs> he gave me some real crap about He's like, you have too much money. I can't believe you bought that. I can't believe I uh, got lucky enough to be able to get it. <laughs> right. I tried to get this, I tried to get a, a matching set to go with the... Um, with the original one, and uh, by the time I clicked on it, it was sold out. So it's gone. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. one, one, last other, thing. one other item that I wanted to touch upon during the year news call also was about solar. Oh, uh, yeah. We should talk Tes about that. Tesla Energy uh, is now uh, bundling solar with a power wall. So the only way you can get a power wall is to buy a complete system. Solar panels and power walls are now bundled together. And that most likely, 
Uh, it wasn't said explicitly, but most likely that's because, again, Tesla needs an, is battery constraint. Um, so yep. if you have a limited amount of power walls, who are you going to sell them to first? Probably your people that are buying customers. your solar product as well. It just yeah. makes sense. And that yep. seems to be what is going on now uh, with this new bundling um, requirement. And then Elon also suggested it makes it more of a turnkey drop-in solution because right. on the other side of the meter, like in between the meter and the current box, you'll stick the power walls and the uh, energy gateway. And then everything on the outside stays the same. And then you put your solar on the roof and stick it straight into the gateway and power walls. And then you stick the existing meter into the gateway and power walls. And so literally you're, you're making minimal modifications to the system. Right. Which speeds the install. Makes it makes it easier for the install and uh, makes it uh, uh, makes it a repeatable thing uh, for the installers. They're always doing the exact same thing. Yep. And then he also suggested that uh, there'd be minimal interfacing uh, of uh, energy coming out of your system into the into the grid, which I think is a response to all of these utilities that are losing their minds. Um, thankfully, my utility appears to have lost their bid to become a franchise or of the sun to make me have to pay my <laughs> franchise fee to them for the sun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was insane. Uh, but I can't yes. believe they even tried it. Well, it worked in Alabama. Wow. They succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so hopefully they sense. continue to lose. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and if they don't and you have a power wall, well, you can decide whether or not you want to feed the grid or how much you want to feed into the grid. If they're, insane then you just uh, you can uh, act accordingly to not deal with insane people and uh, yep. yeah if, you're, so, if, you're, so, if your meter never spins backwards then you you're never a contributor <laughs> right yeah and having power walls allows you to make that choice i i think you're, you're still. Right. <laughs> mark they're 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 battery constrained they're going to give them to these customers that are already buying solar they already have the crew on site they're doing an install this actually makes the install easier it increases the uh, revenue from that job in site in installation. Tesla Energy is still struggling. If you go through their financials, they're they're not the they're not a profitable portion of the company, even though they've had some really big deals. And um, with uh, I recently, uh, there have been several solar roof installs in my area, and we all got together and talked about solar. And some of them um, took weeks just to do the installation so i mean they have a crew of eight ten people on your uh, site for three or four weeks that's a lot of money that they're spending on salaries uh compared to a normal install that can be done in a day so especially uh, when their budget is one or two days period and right. that's, that's substantially longer than one or two days yes exactly and so that's that makes sense why they jacked the price up on the solar roof they are trying to push that into a, a profitable state. They're going to continue to refine the process. They just changed the non-solar panels from being glass to being a, a textured metal that looks like the uh, solar glass panels. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, that'll drastically speed up installation because it's a lot easier to cut to form. And this is what you're doing in the non-solar part. So it's you know going around chimneys and in corners and in weird spots. And, and if you can just cut that with tin snips instead of trying to score it and snap it and how many did you break before you got one that was actually right. Uh, right. Plus, plus if you, if you miscut metal, it's a lot easier than if you uh, miscut the glass and then you, gotta, you could easily 
either put it in another place or, or clean it up. Right. But the glass, once it shatters, it's it's done. Yes, yeah. So so that'll speed up uh, a lot of installs there. And hopefully, I mean, because this is what we want. We want a profitable business that they can sell a lot of these to a lot of people. And uh, right now, that mean, it's starting with a high price. And that's that was the same thing they did with their cars, right? They started at $100,000, not because they thought that was going to be a huge market, but because that's what the technology could afford. And so Solar Roof is starting at the same high price point. And as they continue to march down the economies of scale and reduce the price, it'll be able to become more affordable. Yeah, right now they're at the test of Roadster phase of, yeah, <laughs> of development. That's a, that's a great analogy, I think. That, that it, it, Tesla people will understand. You started yeah. at the top because that's what the market would bear and that's where the technology could be affordable. Um, yep. um, there were other car companies that tried to start at the low end um, or even in the middle. And and then you're, you're, there was um, there was one that they converted... Um, was it a Scion XB or, or, or something yes. like that? Yeah. Uh, and, AC and propulsion it, with the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a $70,000 car that looks like a $30,000 car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's not just, the, you know, nobody's going to, well, other than people who care about the environment and had a lot of money, uh, that's yeah. a small overlap, right? So instead, if you make a really cool sports car that happens to be electric, that is a much bigger audience. And then you work your way down from there. Yep. So then we see the, the Tesla Model S of, of uh, solar roofs. And then by the time mm-hmm. we get to the Tesla Model 3 of Solar Roofs, we'll probably see them uh, get rid of the retrofit panels, except for in a few cases. Right. I would, yeah, that would make sense uh, when we finally get to the Model 3 of Solar Roof, which you know yes. could, could be a few <laughs> generations away. Couple Absolutely. Generations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm super happy with my uh, Powerwall. It's, uh, I, I, I go on about it and on about it. Mark's like, God, Pat, you're just obsessed with this thing. <laughs> so I won't talk about it now because I've eaten up did way you, too much airtime on past shows. Did, did you, did you I'll just let our viewers is... know that Patrick is probably looking at the app in between takes. So <laughs> Right? <laughs> uh, did you find out if yours is, is one of the ones manufactured uh, to have the power boost? I, I did not. Uh, yet, like I said, the uh, power boost is pretty relevant to me. Uh, with three power walls, we use two or three kilowatts um, most of the time. And, and with three, I can go to 15 even without the power boost. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if the difference between 15 that I never use and 20 that I really never use. <laughs> exactly. What, you, you might never need 50 amp, uh, 50 kilo, kilowatts at once? <laughs> All at once? Nope, probably not. <laughs> you charge the Model S and the Model X, cook a pie, <laughs> heat the right. pool. <laughs> And run three extension cords from the neighborhood. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, with that, but, but there, 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 though, uh, it might actually help to for people who don't need as much storage, but do need uh, more kick to start their air conditioners and such. Yes. That might allow them to save, like I said, the batteries and the cost. The cost for the customer and the batteries for Tesla by only putting in uh, two or one Powerwall instead of two or four. Yeah. Right. So, so if you have one power wall and you have an air conditioner, they're probably going to install a current inrush limiter, yeah. sometimes called a soft start or a sure start. And um, now with that boost, they might not need that. Yeah. That'll, that'll speed up their install, one less part, uh, l- less labor. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. With that, we'll move on to our next story, and uh, that is that Tesla has opened up a a new avenue for customers to access the data recorder inside their Tesla vehicles. 
So uh, this, of course, comes to light uh, when people are in an accident. Uh, there needs to be some sort of, I guess, accounting of what the vehicle was doing before or during or after the accident. Uh, the, this, this recorder, of course, is recording throttle position, speed of the car, uh, airbag deployment, uh, seat belts that were buckled or unbuckled. Um, uh, position of the steering wheel, all this stuff is recorded in the car and this data recorder is going to allow customers to be able to pull that data out of their own vehicles and use it in whatever way they see fit. So uh, this is going to be a, a piece of software uh, that you can access with a PC through a port in the car and uh, you'll be able to download this information uh, obviously with some help of someone who's done it before, uh, probably a novice that's never done it, certainly would not know the first thing about this, uh, but there are, there are ways uh, that uh, people can get this information out as individuals now, whereas before it didn't exist. I would have saved that this guy in the awesome. parking garage $1,300. <laughs> exactly. So the only thing about this story that confused me is what's new about it. I, I, I went to the uh, archive.org and the site hasn't changed since they announced it last year. Maybe it it's like a, more... maybe it's a more of a publication to let people know that it does exist because yeah. of some of these other accidents that have been happening and the stories about people wanting their data. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's more of a publicity to let people know that this is available for your car. Uh, you know, you, you have to have the proper machinery to pull it out uh, and the uh, software is available free uh, to download from Tesla. Yeah, that well, might be part of it too. Because the software, I don't know. Software free. Uh, because yeah, that might be what's different. The software might be free. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at this lately, uh, but last time I uh, did, uh, several years ago, that there was software that you had to license from Tesla, and it was uh, there was a, a pretty expendy fee on it. And it was oh, yeah, really it was, only it was thousands. for garages and professionals. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder if this is, uh, like you said, uh, uh, an awareness campaign plus a reminder that it's now free. I think. I think when when they did it late last year, it was free. But um, the only thing you really have to come up with is the interface tools, unless you happen to have them laying around for whatever reason. Hopefully, not. Uh, uh, the The other reason that I think it comes up as well is, as as Mark mentioned, a lot of people are starting to ask for their data, uh, and unless you're in California or one of the GDPR states. Uh, in, in like Europe or Australia, uh, they're not going to give it to you. So at this point, if you've got the tools and a Windows laptop, you can do it yourself. Yeah, with with some knowledge. With some knowledge, you got to you got to yeah. take the uh, the get the connection made and. Uh, but the cool thing is, once you get the software running, it'll make you a nice PDF report showing you all that same stuff that, that guy in New York paid thirteen hundred dollars for, and you can just slap it on the desk of uh, the lawyer and. They can make it happen. Exactly. Well, with that, Casey's going to share a photo for us for our next story. And this, of course, story is uh, concerning the recent Crew Dragon 2 launch uh, that happened uh, last week. And uh, what we've got here is a, a picture showing the uh, caravan of Model Xs uh, that take, of course, the astronauts out to the, uh, the pad to be loaded into Crew Dragon. And what was kind of cool here was that uh, the custom plates had been changed on these vehicles. Uh, you can see that uh, the one that's that's most easy to see uh, says uh, recycle. 
So we've got these notifications on these custom plates that are reminding us that SpaceX now is basically recycling some of the uh, astronauts' hardware. So we've got a, a booster <laughs> rocket that is being reused. Of course, that's nothing new for the Falcon 9 system, uh, yeah. but it is with a crewed flight. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, uh, the Crew Dragon itself has been repurposed and has launched for a second time. So uh, again, you know, back in the Apollo days, these things were just scrapped or, of course, given to a museum after their use. And that was it. They had one flight and they were done. Uh, but, of course, uh, in, in the world of uh, SpaceX, trying to lower that cost of uh, space exploration, the reuse of this equipment is, is critical. And, of course, to this point, no astronauts had been on reused flights until this past uh, mission. Uh, that brought went, four new astronauts to the International Space Station successfully. They went for it with this one. They did a reused booster, reused capsule. <laughs> they reused the cars. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's good news for the space program. It uh, yes. it allows things to be more economical, which in turn will allow us to have more exploration of space using you know more uh, of the budget to go further and and farther into uh into space and into new endeavors in space so uh fantastic uh, great news uh, spacex and uh i only only see this uh getting better and better uh and of course we we had mentioned previously that starship uh got the green light to be the lunar lander uh that's coming up uh another win for uh, spacex and uh man the future looks bright not only for Tesla, but SpaceX as well, uh, as SpaceX is, is certainly uh, making waves uh, in the space industry. I wonder if those batteries that they use on the rockets are used or new. Hmm. That could be another reuse and recycle. Yeah, I did notice that the cars, their license plate, it was reduced, reuse, recycle. But I didn't <laughs> catch that that was a little Easter egg to, to uh, these being uh, reused parts. And yeah, because they had they had different plates last last time around. If they had any, plates. it's it's the blue box program of NASA. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, honestly, if I were going to be on uh, a rocket, I, I kind of wouldn't want to be on the maiden voyage of one. I'd want to be on one that I know has worked a couple times, a time or two. <laughs> yeah, the maiden yeah, voyage just seems point. like something for uh, test pilots. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to be on the thousandth time, but uh, right. I, you know, I'll take the tenth. But no problem. <laughs> uh, well, with that, uh, Casey's got a story about a new uh, wave sensor. What's that about? I sure do. So Tesla received approval from the FCC to install millimeter wave radar in their cars. But I thought Tesla was getting rid of radar. So what this is, <laughs> is radar facing inside the car. Uh, they're going to use it for several different things. Um, they can use it for uh, driver attention monitoring. They can use it for uh, child lock-in situations because it can see through blankets. It can sense heartbeats and uh, and uh, resp respiration. So this this sensor does two things. It helps avoid media brujas like we saw last week, week before last, and uh, and it helps with the uh, with with the uh, kids locked in the car situation because. After after that uh, shareholder uh, conference where 
the person brought up the story about how they, their friend lost their kid in the car. Elon got choked up, and within a week, we had uh, cabin overheat protection built into the cars in that next firmware update. So this will help them with that mission of uh, Elon promised nobody would ever have that situation in, in his cars. And there we go. So with this with this introduction, it was for the child safety initially. Yes. But they're also going, do you think that, that, are they actually going to use this for a driver monitoring addition as well? I don't know I if it's driver monitoring like like the camera, but I mean, they, they could definitely use it for that. But I'm thinking it's more, since it's in monitoring every seat, I'm wondering if they're running using it for uh, the robo-taxi. And the other thing they could use this for, so if you... Uh, search for google soli s-o-l-i yeah, like yeah so if i don't know if you guys have seen these before but yeah so it can read gestures it can read fine-tuned gestures like if you want to turn the volume up you could just do this if you want to go to the next page you swipe and so it, it could have complex uh user monitoring in a way that you could use it to interface to your device so yeah. uh i'm not sure you know what all cool things they could do but uh if you don't want your users touching the screen while they drive and uh you know one option is voice control but but this is another option and yeah. uh, and, and this won't require a server like the voice control does oh right yeah so uh there's a, there's a lot of cool things they could do with this uh, all the things that casey mentioned as well as user interface stuff and uh it could even extend uh, uh a meter or outside two outside of the car, of the car. and yep. then you could use it for sentry mode and whether or not to record and you could probably get a lot of detailed information about the uh what the people outside of the vehicle are doing and decide whether or not you need to alert the owner exactly so lots of lots of cool options here another cool thing about it with it being able to monitor your heartbeat and respiration it can determine if the driver has become unresponsive because of a medical emergency and at that point perhaps if uh, if we've got the full self-drive ready to go they could just drive you to the hospital wouldn't that be wild? Yeah, it'd be it'd save some lives. Yeah, um, yeah, very cool. So we'll have to see uh, uh, as these uh, pieces get integrated into the car with this approval by the FCC, it clears Tesla to be able to start to put these items in the car uh, going forward. Next, uh, Patrick's got a story about uh, SNL and uh, a special guest host. Live from New York, it's Saturday night with your host, Elon Musk. That's right. So Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live. And that's May 8th with musical guest star Miley Cyrus. So this uh, this could be interesting. Um, Musk has, um, there's a lot of things. Well, his public speaking skills are not always great. Sometimes he stumbles and those. I don't know how well he's going to do in skit acting. Uh, so so that'll be interesting it's to probably, see. Probably yeah, about as well as it was on the Big Bang Theory where he ate that uh, food out of the uh, tray while he's washing dishes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when he did voice acting on The Simpsons, it was a, it was a little stiff. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how that, that goes. But the other interesting thing is... Uh, Musk is, uh, let's say, a controversial figure, and there are some people that are just upset about him being on this show and uh, wondering why they're pandering to billionaires. And uh, 
some of the uh, cast members are, are chiming in and uh, doing some equal billionaire bashing. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how that that plays out. I get disliking the guy. I don't understand this raw hatred that people have for him. I mean, all the stuff that people complain about is just relatively minor or an outright lie. Uh, if it's true stuff, it tends to be like, oh, you're mad at him for that? You hate him for, for that? Why not just not like the guy and stop letting him live rent-free in your mind? But uh, <laughs> when you hate him for stuff that didn't even happen, I mean, you should probably learn what the real story is before you just start hating people. Or at least send him a bill for that writ. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm definitely going to be watching, though. It should be. Yeah, that's, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, to see uh, to see how he does. Uh, but yeah. um, it, it's it's interesting that um, you know he seems to be a fun guy. Like he he seems to be in all his endeavors. He wants to participate. He wants to try new things, and this is going to be a new thing for him. So uh, we'll have to uh, tune in on May the 8th and see how he does. Yeah, see when if they, he does any dad dancing. Oh, <laughs> when, they, when they made the announcement, um, it, was, it had May 8th, Elon Musk, uh, and then uh, Cyrus there. And uh, I was really hoping that, that he would be the musicianal and she would be the host, because that would be – mix things up. He could be the techno king. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Could have came on stage uh, with the uh, mixer and the uh, Model Three, and uh, yeah, there's still exactly. time for them to split it. You know, she do the first act, he do the second act. <laughs> I wonder if they tried to get Grimes for the musical guest that week. Oh, yeah, that would have been interesting too. Yeah, yeah, an all uh, an all home show. <laughs> well, uh, with that, uh, another piece of Elon news is that uh, with Tesla, of course, reaching its seventh consecutive profitable quarter, Elon's getting a little closer to his next employment contract payout. And that's a big one. It's $11 billion uh, equivalent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, you know, we talked about his entrenchment uh, contract. Uh, that he had got a huge payout uh, just about a year plus ago. Uh, this, of course, is the next phase uh, as he's fulfilling the terms that the board put out in front of him uh, that he had to obtain. So uh, he could be in for a very large payout uh, coming shortly. And uh, and uh, again, we don't know where Elon's spending his money, but I think it's at Mars. I think that's where he's spending <laughs> his money. Uh, yep. So uh, it's 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 interesting to see that uh, this this larger payout is coming his way, and uh, that might be a boost for the SpaceX program as well. Well, it's not literally cash, right? It's, no, uh, no, Tesla it's stock. stock. Yeah. But uh, as Elon has said, he doesn't sell the stock. All he does is he leverages it with loans. So he exactly. he basically loans money with the stock being the asset. And uh, they pay him, you know, with that type of money. So uh, interesting, but a lot of money at play there. Um, one final story for the evening uh, that we wanted to touch upon, because it's something we brought up during the, the, the live stream on Monday. Um, a, a, uh, I guess a, a Tesla, um, someone that's positive about Tesla, got a hold of Elon through Twitter and had asked them about setting up a PR department or person that would be able to, uh, I guess, fight against some of the bad publicity 
that has happened recently, such as the cross in Houston. And we brought this up on the show uh, just a couple days ago. Elon uh, replied that there's no need to advertise or have a PR spin agent uh, selling Tesla, that he believes that the customers know best and there's no need uh, to put someone between Tesla and the customer because the customer can understand what's going on and they are the ones that ultimately buy the vehicle. So uh, I, I don't agree with this. Um, yeah, in a perfect world. I, I still yeah. don't. Um, I, I get that he wants to run this in a certain way and he's done it you know, to this point. But I'm starting to think that he's going to have to put some people out there at some point because there's just a number of detractors out there that if they're left unattended uh, can give Tesla a black eye. They're not going to sink the company anymore as they tried to before, but they can give Tesla a black eye and they don't have to if you had someone that could put in the positive, you know, uh, I guess, uh, interjection of facts or information that uh, allows people to understand why things happen in a certain way. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll take Musk's side on this. If you uh, look at the history of PR, it came out of World War II. These were people who were doing propaganda campaigns and then turned it into marketing. And so it was about manipulating people and getting them to like your product or uh, think a certain way. Uh, it was about manipulation. And, and in a lot of respects, that's what marketing still is today. And um, if you have someone whose job it is to be PR, well, they're going to come out and uh, have their spin on it. But then that's just going to be, well, of course they do. They work for Tesla. That's, that doesn't necessarily mean what they said is the truth. And, and instead, if you, uh, the Fudsters are still going to throw their mud slinging and, and do that. And in, instead you let the truth come out instead of just a counterspin. Uh, and, and that, I think that is far more valuable. And that's one of the reasons like Musk is not a great speaker. And yet people care what he says, because what he says is more important than the, the delivery he has behind it. And, and that's kind of this, you're taking this, you know, poor speaking, public speaking ability and, and making it part of your company culture. <laughs> I, I would go somewhere in between Musk and, and, uh, and, uh, and, a, and a hype, hype man. Um, you need somebody who's skilled at interacting with uh, media, especially media that's getting paid on clicks and has every incentive to twist everything out of proportion. And right now with the owners as the PR, you're ending up with a lot of them being accused of being Elon fanboys or worse. You've got uh, whether they're actual um, musketeers or whether they are um, false flag events where you've got some of these folks, they can't take anything that isn't Tesla and they're sending death threats uh, out to people. So we, we, we need something it's a little more professional than that. And, 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 and these loud individuals are not the whole community by any means. It's just a few individuals, but you've already got them, the, the folks that are predispositioned against Musk, uh, like, like the ones that believe the, uh, the stories of his father or uh, all the other weird half-truths and lies out there. 
And then when you add on something that, that matches their preconceived notions of the company, of the man, of the product, then they just say, oh yeah, it must be true because it's what I think it should be true and it matches what I think. And so then at that point, it's, it's a lot harder for uh, somebody to show anybody that they that they are wrong and worse like this whole uh media situation with the the, the texas crash uh, you had consumer reports out there showing people how to hack the car and it had actually yeah. nothing to do with the incident yes yeah if anything that was pretty irresponsible of consumer reports because now you're showing people how you can defeat this system and uh that there's plenty of cars that you could get to do dangerous things if you're willing to to go to the links that they were uh stick a brick on the accelerator <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh yeah so that was just that was horribly irresponsible of consumer reports but i don't know if tesla had a pr person if that any of that would have changed i mean test they would have had I, a I message think, out there but it, lots of i don't think that messages. stuff will change patrick it, change sure. much, yeah. it will not change but what would would change is that you could have quicker response to something that could put a little bit of water on that fire. Uh, you yeah. may not put it out, it, but you could slow it down. And I, I'm thinking that uh, the people at Tesla could react in a better and faster way than they could, you know, provide the truths, could provide the facts uh, to people and let them know that they're coming. Uh, whereas right. now it's kind of a vacuum. You're not hearing anything until there's a huge hubbub about it on Twitter or someone has written the, the fourth article on this and is making accusations. Uh, I think that a PR person could be somewhere in between uh, a salesperson and of course uh, someone uh, that Elon speaks about is, you know, is, is not what he wants. I think right. you could have somewhere in between and I think um, I think as Tesla grows uh, larger and larger and goes into new markets, I think they need that. I think they they need that because the world they're in really requires them to have a quicker answer than what's been going on previously. And then you'd also get a lot less of these uh, parts of the hit pieces. Oh, the company couldn't be bothered to respond to, to, to the media request. Oh, we put it in a request and they don't have a PR department. Oh, we put it in a request and we didn't hear from them. And the, the way they always frame it, it's not, it's not like, hey, you know, we, we did this on a one-hour reporting cycle. Uh, it's, it's the, they, 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 they want you to think that they spent all night working on it and, and, and nobody from the company could be, you know, yeah. arsed to answer back. <laughs> which, which leads me to our audience. You out there watching this, what do you think? Do you think that uh, Tesla should have a PR department or a person uh, or, or something in between? <laughs> yeah. Something in between. Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that this would be an interesting one to crowdsource. Maybe uh, you know we're saying it's either this or that, but maybe there's some other idea that uh, nobody else has thought of that that, that Tesla could do that would uh, help make this all a lot better. Yeah. And one other thing I'll comment on uh, was that uh, during the earnings call there was. The ability to get questions from retail investors and I like they did that. that through an application where everyone could put in their question and vote the questions up or down based on what people thought the questions were uh and one of the questions they wanted answered and got to the top of the list but tesla did not answer was of course how can we get uh you know notifications to tesla about things or requirements that we believe the car should have or not have or or be modified or things of that nature. Uh, they're, they're basically talking about how it's hit or miss with whatever Elon answers to on Twitter. 
Uh, yeah. They're hoping that there's some sort of a company forum where people could put in their concerns and they could be elevated to Tesla as opposed to a, uh, a note to Elon that may or may not get there uh, or may be read or may be ignored. We don't know because we're just on the outside. But that question was not answered. Maybe in the next quarter, when the retail investors get to put in their questions again, that can be pushed to the top of the list again, because I think that's something that would be valuable to Tesla. I think it, it's something that they may not want to do it for whatever reason at this point, but uh, it certainly would be good to, for the owners uh, and people that uh, love this company. Yeah, Hockey Day brings up a good point that even if they did have a PR person department uh, to get any reaction, they might still have to go through Elon approval because of his personality and leadership style. So it might be a waste of a salary and they still would be right where they are today if, if he has to go and okay everything individually. That's true. That's true. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap up. Um, Casey, any shout outs from you this evening? Uh, Absolutely. So um, I've got some videos going on, on my channel, youtube.com slash Casey Green. And uh, I'm working still on my 2021.4.15 uh, deep dive video. I had a lot of footage and cleaning it up and figuring out how to present it is taking some time, but you'll see that show up there. Uh, Derek Ludwig says it might be a good idea for Tesla to have a small department that could be contacted for statistical information. Yeah, like how many times has it caught fire or crashed or, or whatever? And then you see that compared to uh, a, a typical car. <laughs> hey, Cobra, uh, just hit rewind and you can catch us there. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, yeah. any show notes this evening? Yes, I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. And I blog at carswithcords.net. My current story up there is 40,000 miles in a Model X. Not all at once. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I would hope not. No, yeah. Uh, so, and Saturday morning, the story I have coming out is everything you've ever wanted to know about power walls. <laughs> <laughs> I am there. It is, it is so long. Oh, my God. I could not stop. I was just obsessively dumping information on there. <laughs> We will definitely look forward to that. And uh, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up at this point and also subscribe if you haven't, uh, because that certainly helps us out and that uh, allows you to support the show. It doesn't cost you anything, but uh, we would definitely appreciate it. We also want to reach out and thank Lee Moon for the music we use every week. And with that, we'll roll that music and say goodnight. And uh, we will catch you next week on the 200th show. And uh, find out what's going on in the Tesla life at that moment in time. Thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy your evening. Or day, or morning, or whatever it is. <laughs> Stay positive. Best negative. Bye, everybody.